0: And actually, it was kind of cool. This past Sunday, uh, I preached in junior high, and Caleb did the offering, and it was like a father-son tag team, so squad goals right there. Uh, we got back late last night. Uh, we went to Disneyland on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, yeah, we shut the place down. It was, uh, we got on, the, there's fireworks again, because before, you know, during COVID, you couldn't have fireworks, just science and things like that. Um, and so we, uh, Paige went and sat down, so it was just me and the three kids, and we got on Big Thunder Railroad, and right as we sat down, the fireworks started to go off. And, like, the entire train lost its collective mind and just screamed for the next three minutes, like, teenage girls, yours, I, I did my best I could. I can't go that high anymore, so I was more like, oh, yeah! So <laughs> it was a ton of fun. We, uh, we, the first day we went to Disney California Adventure, And I went through, they checked the bag, all good. Second day, we get up there, and we're going into Disneyland, and they check my bag. And I use this bag. We live in Valley Center, and Valley Center, it's unincorporated San Diego County, so you can shoot guns on your property. And uh, it's as American as you can get. And... um, And so I I have a, my neighbor has a little shooting range, and I'll pop over there every now and again, and we'll go fire off some rounds. Well, I have this little bag that I use. It's a backpack, and so it's not like a range bag, you know, with all the special pockets and stuff. So I I grabbed it for Disneyland. I was like, okay, let me take out the holster and the head, you know, the earmuffs and things like that. We go to Disney California, no problems. We go to Disneyland. They start doing, like, this really thorough search, and I'm kind of like... Dude, it's just water bottles and two jackets in there. You know, he's going through every pocket. There's some earplugs. Okay, no big deal. Next thing you know, he pulls out this bag, this little Ziploc bag, and there's five rounds of live ammo in the <laughs> Ziploc bag. And, you know, my initial reaction, I'm a pretty good poker player, but it was like, this is an interesting development. <laughs> am, I, am I getting into Disneyland or am I going to jail is there a Disney jail? Is it in Frontierland or a Jungle Cruise? Or is it a small world for the rest of the day? I just got to go in that loop and be stuck. I, I didn't know. So they're like, oh, you're not supposed to have this. Are these live? And I'm looking, and I'm like, yeah, by the way, they're live. This is full metal jacket. This is not target ammo. This is like home defense, you know, shoot somebody to kill somebody ammo. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I think they're live. I don't really know. <laughs> and uh, so then we get there, and they, uh, the, the, the one of the head security comes over and says, we got to confiscate this, and you got to turn it over. I'm like, that's fine. I, I know it's only five rounds, first of all. But I was like, yeah, I want to go into Disneyland. I don't care about the ammo. And so she takes it, and we walk away. Then, like, we're getting around to going up to the gate, and all of a sudden, Disneyland security with the fedora comes on. And, you know what I mean? And the little belt thing and his name, and his, you know, and he's got, you know, he doesn't have a gun, but he's got a walkie-talkie. <laughs> and a water bottle, and he comes hustling over. He's like, hey, you know, are these yours? And he's like holding them up in the back. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, even I would know not to like hang out the baggie. Are these these bullets yours, you know? And I'm just like, oh my goodness. So he's like, you got to come back over here. So we go over there. And of course, then there's Anaheim police. And he's like, I got to call this in. And I'm like, okay, well, he's like, I'm sure you don't have a record or anything. I'm like, no, I don't even have a speeding ticket. That's how holy I am. And so he calls it in, you know, and he's like, okay. He's like, hey, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give you a ticket, which I'm supposed to. I was like, look, I'm so sorry. Like, this doubles as my range bag. I didn't even know, like, honestly, who puts bullets in a Ziploc anyway? It was weird. (sighs) <sighs> so he's like oh we're not going to give you a ticket and then the, the other head security guy with the fedora is like hey can I take a picture of your id so we can you know kind of justify our pay I was like well first of all you shouldn't have to justify your pay and second of all I don't want to be the justification for your pay so now I'm probably on some Disney's most wanted list and <laughs> 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 Which leads me to the title of my message tonight. Unrelated, but just happened to be that way. Tonight's message title is Secure the Perimeter. You know, you can, you, anybody can get into Disney California Adventure, apparently, but if you want to get into Disneyland, you're going to have to follow the rules, and so tonight, I'm going to read these verses, and we're just going to talk about, you know, just securing the perimeter. We live in a world and a time and a place where, you know, things are just a little bit too gray, and God is not a gray God. He is a God of righteousness, justice, truth. It's very clear. He says this in Micah, and this is even, this is bonus scripture. He says, he. you should know what is right oh man that he he has a very clear border of what God wants to do there's no lack of clarity confusion is completely of the devil don't get me off topic okay let's get back here all right Isaiah chapter 16 verse 18 19 oh bt dubs this is a brand new bible (laughs) uh behold all things are new And uh, this one's got bigger print because I'm 43 today. But actually, my eyesight is like Moses, never grew dim, never will grow dim. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 18 says this, violence shall no longer be heard in your land. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. No live ammo shall be heard, uh, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates Praise The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor brightness shall be, uh, shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be light to you, and everlasting light, and your God, your glory. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word. I thank you that you are the light. I thank you that you are the glory. I thank you that you are the best, Lord, and we worship you. We praise you. We honor you tonight. I pray that our hearts and our minds and our ears would be open to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us tonight. And every. Everybody who believed that shouted, amen. amen. Come on. Revelation is, the fo- is one of the foundations of the kingdom of God. If you don't have a revelation, it's really going to be hard to function as a believer. For example, if you don't have the revelation that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that will preclude you from being saved. Okay, that's good. Thank you very much. All right, Then if you don't have a revelation that God is a healer, you may not be healed. If you don't have a revelation, as, as Mike was saying, that God is a God of prosperity, you may not live in prosperity. So revelation is one of the key foundations of the kingdom of God, and revelation is what he's always after. He's always getting to us. His book is a revelation of who he is. If God doesn't reveal himself to us, we cannot know who he is. So we see a nature, and this is what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1, which I just read through my Bible reading plan, so it's just fresh in my mind. Uh, He talks about this. He says, Everyone can see that creation, that there is something greater. Only a fool denies an existence of God. They have to work harder to actually excuse the thoughts that something has created this earth. So Creation gives us a general revelation that there is a God, but creation in and of itself cannot give us a revelation that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We have to have a re- come to a revelation of that revelation of that knowledge, and the way we do that, of course, is by you and I preaching to people. You've heard that famous phrase, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, preach first, and if necessary, use words. No, you have to use words to tell about Jesus. Are you getting that? (laughs) What? Subway sandwich? No, Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) You didn't hear that in my brain? No, I had to say something, you know, and and we have to give people the, we have to speak those things. We have to have, we also have to get the revelation. The way, the best way to get revelation is to get in the word on a daily basis, this isn't, a, this isn't a, a bragging thing, but this is just a point of just me living my life. When I got saved at 16, I said, I'm just going to read the Bible. And I'm not just going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible every day. And so for the last 16, 43 minus 16, 27, 26, Jesse, you're the math man. Help me, Pastor Jeff. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he, was just in, he was still thinking about the Subway sandwich. <laughs> For the last twenty-some years of my life, I've been reading the Bible every day, and on my two hands, I could probably count how many days I've actually missed of reading the Bible. I-, I love the Bible. I love a new Bible. I love the smell of it. Just earlier today, I was just, just smelling the Bible. You know what I mean? And then I was like, "Yes, Bible, get on me, Bible, get the word all up in my face, because I need it." You know, a pastor in the South, he'd be like, "Y'all don't need Facebook. You need to get your face in the book." You know. <laughs> Let's get it out. (laughs) Replace the phone with the Bible. And what, what Charlie Kirk said on Sunday was so great. Like, this is the totally undistracted version. No dings, no notifications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. God is a God of boundaries. From the beginning, God started to create and elaborate on boundaries. In the beginning, he said, let there be light, right? And then light separated from darkness. There was a boundary there. Then he was like, hey, let there be earth, uh, or sky, and let there be earth, right? Let there be water. Let there be edges of the water. He says to Noah, he says, never again will the waters re- overtake the whole earth, which is why I don't believe in global climate change, BT dubs, right? Because God said, hey, I'm not going to flood the earth anymore. He did say he'll burn it in Revelation, however. You know, <laughs> just some of you are like, oh, my God. You gotta get a revelation. But God's a God of borders. He's a God of boundaries. He's a God who creates boundaries and he maintains boundaries by his word. It says in David says in the Psalms, he says that God is upholding the galaxies with his word. They're framed up. There's a boundary of his word. Our bodies, in and of itself, is a boundary. Some of our boundaries are enlarged, some of them are not as enlarged as others, but we still have boundaries right? Some of you get that on the way home. We have boundaries. Our body, our spirit, and our soul have boundaries. The the difference between the spirit and the soul, the Bible says, is so thin that only the Bible, the two-edged sword, is the only thing that's able to divide it on earth, and this is just a side point, but like sometimes our souls, we can get so much of the word, we start thinking, oh, this is what God says, but only the word can come in and say, that's not what I'm saying, that's what you're saying about my word. And so I got to give you the word, I got to just slice that, like the little on the cartoon, they'd split that little hair with the knife, you know, that's the way it is with our soul and our spirit. There's a boundary there. Jesus goes so far and he says, he says, this, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. It's a simple verse. You know, we just kind of pass over like, oh, yeah, totally, I get that. But how many of us just say like, hey, do you want to go out tonight? Yeah, uh, yeah maybe, I don't know. What, well, what, what are you thinking? You know, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. I'd rather have someone, uh, and this is, you know, years of, 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 of just living life. I'd rather you just tell me no, to be honest. Like, don't string me along. Just tell me no. I don't want to hang out with you. And I'll have to get over it in my prayer closet, you know, but... <laughs> But at least you told me, no, no. We want our yes to be our yes and our no to be our no. When we speak, our words are either creating or destroying boundaries. We're either saying this is a boundary or we're saying I don't really care about this area of my life. There's no boundary over here. Don't worry. So anybody can come on in. When we moved into our house in Valley Center, there were ground squirrels and there were rabbits, cute little rabbits. And there's snakes and all these little things. And I noticed there's all these little pock marks throughout the yard. And I was like what is making this in our backyard? And then I realized it was these ground squirrels. And then I realized I, had a, I got a pellet gun. And then I realized while I'm in a Zoom meeting, if I see a ground squirrel in the backyard, if I put it on mute, nobody will know <laughs> what is taking place in my yard. And so, true story, over the last couple of weeks, I've been picking off rabbits and ground squirrels <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> It's securing the perimeter. Exactly. That's what I'm getting. They like to dig under the, the slabs and stuff like that. And I'm over there. Ting. Oh, yeah, I agree with that completely. What Joe said about that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, Ting. You know, back to my meeting. And I started securing the perimeter and pushing them out. And that's what, what's what we got to do is the areas you forget about. And then I would go back over. We have, you know, like two acres. So I was going over in the backside. I was like, these guys are over here. So now I got to bring my laptop out here and do my meetings (laughs) outside in a hide up there. Just any day, no, you know, Rambo paint on, red red bandana, just jacked, sweaty. (laughs) Why did you go there? I did. (laughs) Jesus says, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. We want to agree with God's word. The word amen literally means let it be so. Let it be so in my life. So we, Jesus gives us this, this, yes, I agree, and amen. Let it be so. It's not just agreeing, but it's also saying I want it to happen in my life. We say yes and amen to all the promises of God, is what Paul says, right? But there's also another weapon in the Bible, and that weapon is your no. That weapon is your no. Everyone was born with a no. Right? If you have kids, the first thing that comes out of their mouth, hopefully, is mom or dad, but in reality, it's, no. Here comes the airplane. No airplane. None of that stuff, that mush on that spoon. Give me the steak, you know what I mean? Caleb was born. He wanted steak first thing out. He was 11 pounds, 13 ounces. His birthday was on Friday or uh, Saturday. Yeah, he came out as a full-grown man. I was like, we need to shave you already? we got to have that no. we got to use that no. The problem is we've misplaced our no. We, we put our no on, on the wrong things, and we put our yes also on the wrong things, and we've allowed the borders and the perimeters to weaken over time. There's a thing in psychology called cognitive bias. Anybody ever heard of cognitive bias? Okay, what that means is you agree with whatever I say. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, i never heard of it. <laughs> We get into group settings and everyone just says, yeah, 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 oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because we don't want to stick out too much. We don't want to be contrarian or the, and that's just a part of life. You know what I mean? We also, we, 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 we lose our no because of rejection, people telling us no. And so we stop saying no and we start saying yes. This happens to a lot with teenagers who I like to preach to a lot to just tell them the truth. But what they do is they, 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 they're in their parents' houses and they'll, they'll be hearing these things like hopefully getting godly values. But then they'll go out and they'll start seeing their friends and they'll start saying yes to those things and no to their parents. And what happens is the boundaries get reversed and they're letting in the bad Blocking out the good, the opposite of Happy Gilmore. Block bad, you know what I mean? Feel the flow, (laughs) do the bowl dance. We've got to block out the bad and say yes to the good. You've got to say no to the right things. The iPhone is actually a result of Steve Jobs saying no over and over again. We want to have a keyboard on this phone. No, it's going to just slide up from where? The bottom oh, okay, and then you touch the buttons. Well, is the whole screen, you know, he just said no to a lot of things, and now we have this world-changing product that everyone has a full computer in their back pocket, right? Taking notes on. Everyone's like, I'm not taking notes on. (laughs) We need to stop agreeing with the things that Jesus is not agreeing with. And so tonight I want to give you eight areas to say no to eight areas you need to say no to. And they're going to get progressively more in depth. So uh, that's just the way I am. (laughs) Sorry. My wife's like, you're going to preach a happy, go lucky, faith-filled message, right? It's like, yeah, I am. It's going to be full of faith. Trust me. The number one, you're going to love these, okay? Number one, the first area you need to say no to is later. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. It shall not tarry. God's saying, hey, later doesn't have to be later. Later can be today. Later can be now. It says in Hebrews, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Say no to later. Say yes to now. God, you can do it now. It doesn't have to be later. Come on, your house doesn't have to be later, Mark, Kimmy. It can be now in the name of Jesus. You don't have to wait for later. You can ask God for it now. The difference is that we think in terms of linear time, but the word eternity in Hebrew means time outside of the mind. God dwells up outside of time, and now is whenever you're ready for it. So we got to say no to later. Second thing is, that mountain, oh, they put them all up at once. Spoiled my, that's okay. Second thing, that mountain, say no to that mountain. Some of you are saying yes to that mountain. Build the mountain bigger. Let it be in my way. I can't go around it. I need to go around it. No, I, I, you got to say no to the mountain. What is the mountain? I don't know, but you need to say no to it. What's the thing that's blocking you, that's keeping you from moving forward? Maybe it's a mentality. Maybe it's forgiveness. Whatever it is, got to say no to that mountain. We just talked about in that song, in the authority song, cast it into the sea. Authority is a revelation. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, you are in Christ, and Christ is seated in heavenly places. And so, therefore, you have the authority in Christ as the head of everything. You have that same authority. That's a good place to say Amen. That mountain that's in your way, just start saying no to it. No, you will not be in my way anymore. No, you will not take any more of my time. No, you will not, I will not go around you later. I'm gonna go through you now. In fact, you're gonna get out of my way and you're gonna go into the sea. You need to say no to it. The next one boundary creep. It's not something we use like on a regular basis. How's your boundary creep? It, it's just something that as, as, as I was just praying and actually this word kind of came for me, i I tell the Lord, look, but I'm, you can give me words as much as you want, Lord, but I got to have some place to share them. You know, sometimes it's men's prayer. Sometimes it's the youth. Sometimes it's Wednesday night. But I'm going to be faithful. If God's so going to give me a word, I'm going to be faithful to speak that word. And so, so here's the boundary creep. The Bible says this. Solomon says this. He says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. They just kind of come in. It's the little ground squirrels that dig under the slab. It's you know, you know what's even worse than the ground squirrels is the little bunnies because they're super cute. they got the little white fluffy tail, and they're bouncing around, and they're super cute. But they like to dig deep under the slab, and they burrow down in there. And I, you know, I'm not happy about it. Okay, but Thumper is dead. <laughs> and when I shot him, he shot up like three feet. Cause like, psh, you know what I mean? And it was like, and I felt guilty for one second. And then I was reminded of what he was doing to damage my house, which is far, right? And that's what happens is we think something is really cute and it's not a big deal, but we forget about the damage it's doing in our life. You got to remember... It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the flies that get into the ointment that putrefy it, that make it sick. And it's representative of the little things that sneak into our life and kill the anointing, kill the grace of God, because we weren't paying attention because there was just a little bit of boundary creep. Just just sneaking in around the backside. Jesus was very clear in John 10. He's like, look, the sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Anybody who comes in a separate side gate, that's not how you get in here. That's what he says in Isaiah. You call your, your walls shall be salvation and your gates praise. If you don't come in through salvation and praise and you try to come in any other way, I guarantee you, God will kick you out. Number four, poverty and financial struggle. This one, I like this a lot, because God doesn't want anybody to be poor. And somewhere we've got it in our mind, and I don't know if it was just heavy Catholic influence that we've got to get on our knees and we've got to whip ourselves till we get closer to heaven, you know what I mean? Or if it was too much Robin Hood, alms for the poor, you know what I mean? Like this is how we all have to live now. When that's diametrically opposed to the Bible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, sometimes you got to say, "Hell no," yeah. and heaven, yes. yes. Right? Poverty is not a thing from God. That was never. That was. A, that is a sin nature working it out in humanity. Right, right. You see what's going on in Cuba right now? It's not because they're not getting vaccines. It's not because they're not getting free. It's because of poverty. It's because of an oppressive system has put something on people that says, you will not go higher, you will not increase, you will not get better, you will not have more, you will live in lack, and you will live according to how I want to, while I live in luxury. That's not the way God is. God created earth for us, so that we could reign, so we could subdue and have dominion, we could be fruitful, and we could be multiply, we could multiply. He didn't say, don't be fruitful, he didn't say, be barren right? Be barren and stay solitary. No, be fruitful and multiply. Wow. Like rabbits if you have to. <laughs> and you also need, need, need to say no to financial struggle. You know, just, just getting, I'll say this, the, this is the rich, the, the poorest of the poor live hour to hour. The poor live day to day, the middle, the low poor live week to week. The middle class live month to month. The rich live year to year. The millionaires live five years out and the billionaires live 20 years out. How, how are you living? Are you, if you're living month to month, God says you don't have to. You need to start planning your year in advance. What are you planning for? Are you planning to tithe? Did you get your paycheck in? It's the 4th to 15th tomorrow. You're going to get a paycheck coming to your account. Are you planning to tithe? what are you plan are you planning to give are you planning to give to vision builders that's the whole, i mean the whole the name vision builders is beautiful in and of itself right building your vision for something greater something more something that god can use and pull out of you abraham was a beautiful example he was blessed to be a blessing you cannot pull somebody out of poverty you cannot pull somebody out of something that you have not already gone through so if you are in financial struggle you cannot help somebody in financial struggle That's why we got to get tithing because it rebukes the devourer and it gets us to a place where we start living under an open heavens. Say no to just making it, say yes. To prosperity, say yes to abundance. Jesus says in John ten ten, or yeah, John 10, 10 The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Beasts, but I've come to give you life, and life more mediocrily. No, abundantly. We all know that. And yet, when it comes to finances, no, no. Why? Because the devil got something in there. Little fox came in, spoiled the vine, and now we got to get it out. Say no to it. Say no to it. Ooh, I got a couple more. <laughs> I gotta get going. Imperfect health, same concept here. This is a revelation. A lot of people say, oh, my sickness, my disease. They, they take possession thinking that they own that disease when in reality, the disease is owning them. But there's a counteraction to that in the Bible and Jesus says, by my stripes, you were already healed. So he says, I'm taking that sickness, which you calling your own, I'm taking it off of you. It's mine and I've defeated it. He didn't just die. He didn't just save our sins. He went to specifically get whipped on his back. Very painful, I might add, so that we could be healed. I said imperfect health. Say no to imperfect health. Anything less than complete healing, is we should not settle for that. There was, there was a time we lived in Baton Rouge and I had just lower back pain all day long. And I said, Lord, what do I need to do? And the Lord says you need to do different kinds of workouts. So I started squatting a whole bunch. I have no back pain. Because I could have been in my 30s, now I'm 43. I could have been said, Oh, it's just chronic pain, and my family has it and they had it, and they had no, Jesus took it upon himself. Anything less than imperfect health, say no to it. This one we use around our house, cliched living. This is like, you know, your two year old. It, oh, the terrible twos. No, he's a brat because he didn't discipline him. That, that cliched living, like we've got three teenagers and we just said, look, this is not a cliched house. This is not full house. You're not going to argue with me. I'm not going to argue with you. You're not going to rebel. We don't. We cancel all rebellion out of this house. None of that in here. We're not living cliche living. I'm not going to be the cliche dad who comes home and and doesn't get involved in their kids' lives, doesn't talk to them, doesn't pray for them, doesn't speak over them, doesn't prophesy over them. I'm not going to be that dad. I'm going to be the one who talks. I'm going to be the one who prophesies. I'm going to be the dominant voice in their life because that's the way my father is. We say no to cliché living, no to conformed living. I got to conform to societal norms. A lot of people are waking up right now and realizing I got to disciple my kids because the school system has been discipling them, and they're awful at it. They do not know how to disciple. We as believers, we are called to be disciplers. Join Awaken Academy. <laughs> Number seven, I wrestled with this one a lot. I didn't want to talk about it. Holy Spirit just said, do it or else I said, okay, divorce. And I have two thoughts on this. Number one, your marriage is worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth fighting for. Do not give up on it. Do not quit on it. And number two, divorce is not 50-50. It's 100-100. If you are the one in the party that has given up, a covenant has to have agreement on two parties. And if one of them is out of agreement, that's when all of a sudden the devil's like, I've got to in. I can get in there hardcore. Say no to that. Go all into your marriage. 22 years in 10 days, my wife and I probably had three fights, three large fights out of those 22 years. You say, are you perfect? I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Far from it. But one of my favorite verses comes in James, and he says the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first, pure, peaceable, kind, and it says willing to yield. And if both people aren't willing, it's like a merge. You see America, we don't know how to merge. But in the kingdom of God, we've got to learn how to merge, be willing to yield, both parties willing to yield, concede, lay down your ego. That's the wisdom that comes from heaven. And the last one is this, shame. Say no to shame. Guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. You're not a mistake. You may have made one. You may have slipped up. You may have tripped. You may have fumbled, but you're not a mistake. I've been preaching this to the youth for the last couple of months as often as I can. You're not a mistake. You're not in the wrong body. Your identity comes from Jesus and him alone let's just all stand as we close if you're here tonight and you and you saw that list and you said one of those is me two of those eight of those is me I don't really care but you say I want prayer for any one of those things I just want you to come down now just come on down we're going to pray for you we're going to lay hands on you we're going to set you free just come on down Don't be afraid. Just come on down. We'll keep clapping. We're going to hold you. Yeah, just come on down. And I want to say this specifically, if you're going through or in the middle of, or you've had thoughts of divorce, I'm asking you, make a step of faith and come down. Nobody will know. You just come down to the front, and we'll, we will we want to pray for you. Like I said, your marriage is worth fighting for. Your family is worth fighting for. This is not the time to play and, and have an ego. This is the time to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. I'm going to have the ministry team come forward. The band is going to come. We're going to sing. I'm going to pray. We'll release those who, can, who need to go. But if you want to stay and get prayed for, come, please come up here. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, for everyone here. Lord, we're saying no. We're saying no to the devil. We're saying no to the things we don't, that don't agree with the Bible, no to the things that don't agree with God. We're saying yes to heaven in the name of Jesus. I thank you tonight, Lord, that we are saying yes and amen to all your promises. Lord, I thank you. We're saying yes to freedom in the name of Jesus. And everybody who believed that said amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awaken Church, go to awakenchurch.com.